That's it. I can't take it anymore. I hate my job. Oh, come on. It can't be that bad. Today, my boss made me do all of my work by hand. That doesn't sound too bad. I work in an abattoir. Ouch. I've had enough. First thing tomorrow, I'm walking into the boss's office and I'm going to tell him where he can shove his stupid job. Well, hold on. Don't rush into this. <sighs> You're right. I need the money. My wife's just had a baby. No, no, no. no. Do quit your job. I'm just saying that first you need to make sure you pick which songs you're listening to whilst you do it. Do you mean...? Yes. It's time to make an emergency mixtape. Hello and welcome to Joe and Graham's Emergency Mixtape. I'm Joe. And I'm Graham. And this is the podcast where we invite our favourite people from the world of comedy and music to help us make a mixtape for every eventuality. And today we're joined by comedian Paul McCaffrey. Hello, Paul. Hello there. Hello, Paul. Are you, are you, so this is a podcast about mixtapes yep. and playlists. Are you someone who makes mixtapes? Not historically, no. Uh, I've always sort of been more of a person that people have made mixtapes for. I must have made some, but I can't sort of off the top of my head think... Uh, when that would have been, but yeah, I've certainly certainly had mixtapes. I'm very jealous of, of you being someone that people make mixtapes for. I want to be that yeah that guy. I don't. My wife's not a I, big music nerd, so she wouldn't make a mixtape for me. Uh, my wife, yeah, my wife really likes music. She's more of a sort of like a rock chick. She's sort of like into Guns and Roses and that kind right. of thing. Right, but um, which I also like. But uh, yeah, no, I, I must. Uh, Clarify as well. It's not. It, it hasn't been uh, people of the opposite sex that have been making mixtapes for. Right. So they romantic. <laughs> no, no, we're romantically. Some sort of, oh God, I was just inundated with romantic. <laughs> no, it was you know kind of friends and uh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a real kind of vulnerable thing to do, isn't it? To give someone a mixtape. This is this is who I am. This is what I'm about. It's a high stakes situation. Yeah. Yeah. It can be. Uh, yeah. You're really putting yourself out there, aren't you? Actually, having said that. Uh, I chose the uh, walking music for Sean Walsh's recent tour. He asked me if I would do that. Wow. And he was uh, very, very happy with uh, What did you choose? Well, he said he wanted something that was very sort of um, uplifting. So I suggested the following. Clap your hands, say yeah, over and over again. McCalmont and Butler, yes. Uh, Waterboy's Hold of the Moon. Uh, Tiffany, I think we're alone now. Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. David Bowie, everyone says hi. Len Still My Sunshine, Don Henley Boys of Summer, Talking Heads Naive Melody, and James Laid. That, that is a beautiful mixtape. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah. It's very uplifting. I think it was, uh, yeah. A Sean Walsh approved. He loved it, yeah. So, uh, so there we go. So that was, and that was not that long ago. That was probably a couple of months ago that I did that. So, uh, ah. maybe uh, I did make mixtapes. I just don't remember. <laughs> My memory's not, not that great, it has to be said. Anyway, let's, let's uh, get to this week. Cool. Uh, we're making a mixtape. Graham, do you want to set us up? Sure thing. So this week we are quitting our job. As a part-time singer, part-time philosopher, Dolly Parton once said, nine to five ain't no way to make a living. And we've decided we've had enough. So today we are soundtracking our thought process, I suppose. Yeah, of getting pushed to the edge of quitting a job yeah. um, and then finally breaking free from that job mm -hmm. and dealing with the consequences of, of quitting a job. Uh, first track, I think, is from you, Graham. Yes, yes, it is. Um, now, I, I thought, because we had a discussion about this on the way, I thought this was maybe a little bit on the nose. Uh, this song is The the Job That Ate My Brain by Ramones. 
And normally what we try and do on this podcast is uh, make something with like a subtle reference or give yeah. something like a double meaning. So this is arguably a little bit too on the nose, but I think with Ramones, they always have a real life scenario, but they present it in like such a cartoonish way. Mm. You know, there's always this kind of like B-movie side to it. So I think it gets a pass. And this really just encapsulates the, the dead-endness of a dead-end job. That's isn't it. And here it is. That was the Ramones with the job that ate my brain. I didn't write that. I was thinking about that. That's one of few Ramones songs that doesn't have one, two, three, four at the beginning. Just go um, straight in. Yeah, I think the live version does. Ah, okay. um, but yeah, I find with a lot of the live versions, they're compressed. Like about half. Uh, Sheen is a punk rocker, for example. I think it's about 58 seconds long, the live version. So they need the one, three, three, four to, to set the so, time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a bit of a later one where they got a bit, a bit yeah, more I professional. I've never heard that song before, actually, as we said. Like, I'm not a huge roommate. I, I, I have it's the self-titled album mm. with, with like Blitzkrieg Bop. Yeah, there's like that. the big ones like that, like Rocket to Russia and stuff. That was off um, a later album. It's called uh, Mondo... The uh, Rock Side. Mondo Bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like Very there's, good. There's something quite... When you're in like a, a kind of dead-end job, there's something quite rebellious about listening to music and feeling like it's... Uh, you know, yeah, I go to I go to work, I put on shat and tie, but when I'm on my way home, I listen to the Ramones, and I'm uh, I'm not really who you think I am when I when I'm answering customer service emails. Oh, I think so. That? Yeah, and I also find if I was to quit my job, I think I'd do it to be in the Ramones. So I think there's there's a lot of that for me as well. <laughs> the the line I like particularly is about is about that shirt and tie, and, that, and I remember that was a big motivation for me doing stand up was ha- not having to wear a uniform. Yeah, yeah. But I can not have to wear that shirt and tie, and it's it's horrible having to. I, I did a, a job where I worked as like a tour guide and I have to put on like a lime green shirt and it's just a bit of your individuality being taken away every day. Yeah. See, I find I'm con- not the opposite, I would say, but I find I definitely have things I would wear to work, but then I have almost like a uniform for the certain things I would definitely wear when doing comedy as well. Like I would wear right. a lot of elbow patches for some reason, don't know why. Hmm. Yeah, I probably do, do wear a bit of a uniform for comedy, but it's not a lime green shirt. So I've... I've uh, got rid of those shirts. Step up. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I've had a few jobs where I've had to wear shirt and ties. I worked for a recruitment training company. Um, I, I think I pretty much got sacked from every job I ever so had. So recruitment training is recruiting. So it's people training to... training people to recruit. Right. Huh. Okay. Um, and I got the sack um, because uh, I, out of a possible 50 Mondays, had been absent for 27. Wow. <laughs> so I'd been absent for more than I'd been present for. Amazing. Yeah. It's not Above bad. Exactly, <laughs> very much so, yeah, yeah. That would have been a good choice, actually. That's not in there, is it? It's not, no, no. It's, uh... That would have been a fantastic choice. I didn't get fired, but I worked at the, the Spinnaker Tower in Portsmouth, and mm-hmm. I yeah. had to be in the lift, and I'd take people up, and then I'd be... Um, and I remember uh, so just going up and down the lift, hours on end, and, uh, but I used to have music on my phone, so I'd take customers up in the lift and drop them off, and if there was no one coming down, I could listen to, like, 28 seconds <laughs> of a song. It's just a little bit of escape. Ramones would be ideal for that. Or Napalm yeah, yeah, Death. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Napalm Death, you can listen to what, 14 yeah, times? Yeah, yeah. A couple of albums. Um, cool, should we go on to the next choice? Yeah, so, sure. Um, yeah. uh, we talk, we've, it's me next, isn't it? Yep. Um, so I have gone for We Are All Prostitutes by the pop group. Uh, I think this song is pretentious. I think that the uh, politics are very on the nose. Um, and I think that the sound is very irritating. And for all those reasons, I really love it. So let's listen to it.
That was We Are All Prostitutes by the pop group. Uh, I heard this on... Did you watch the Punk Britannia documentary? Mm, yeah, I saw that. Almost definitely. It was, it was on that, and uh, I'd never heard it before. And by chance, a couple of weeks later, I found a rough trade post-punk compilation in a charity yeah. shop. Um, and that, w- that was on it. And uh, I just think it's fantastic. So it makes you kind of pay attention to it straight away. Um, I love the... There's one, there's one of those things where, where you've got that kind of dead-end job, particularly the kind of job you have maybe when you're, you're younger, those mm. kind of entry-level jobs. Um, and all that kind of... The politics you have when you're 18. I wrote a note about it. It says, capitalism is the most barbaric of all religions. That kind of very on-the-nose politics that you have is all kind of true. Like when you're working a job for the man and uh, you're working for the capitalists and the, the big business, that's kind of, kind of how it is. And, and I think that... Um, you know, I listened to this as, as a young man and thought, yeah, it's true, capitalism is the most barbaric of all religions and I'm working, working for the capitalists and it's horrible and we've, everyone has their price. And, uh, yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it. I yeah. really enjoyed it as well. Another band, I don't know. They're from Bristol, what group? Uh, I don't know. They're, they're British, aren't they? But uh, yeah. I'm not sure if they're... I, f- I feel like they're from Bristol. It's, it's Dave Stewart, something to do with the pop group. I don't know, I may have to fact check and... Because uh, this song is, isn't on any of their... I think it's now on a, a bonus track on the... But it wasn't on any of their albums, but it's kind of the only song they seem to be famous for. That one is? Yeah. yeah. It's sort of quite funky, isn't it? Yeah. Well, funnily enough, because I, I, I should know this, because I was looking them up before we before we did this, um, purely because I, I thought when we first started listening to it that it was something to do with Captain Beefheart, just because it sounds so much like Captain Beefheart. Yeah. But the, ir- the irony being, of course, is that for a podcast about leaving your job, um, yeah, you know, Beefheart famously quite locked his band in um, in this cabin in the woods somewhere until they recorded this album. That's like a Mark Smith move. Yeah, <laughs> kind of the antithesis of, of leaving your job, because they were literally locked in. Wow. wow. Um, yeah, so to, uh, the other thing I wanted to share with you all is that I... So I loved this song growing up. I found online a pop group T-shirt that had uh, Margaret Thatcher doing a V sign and it said "We are all prostitutes" uh, and on the bottom, cannot wear that anywhere. Where can you wear that in public? <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, At a pop but, group gig. Yeah, you go to see the pop group, uh, and that's it really. Yeah. But on the way there, you'd have to have a cardigan over the top in case you upset an old lady. Um, so that's why I never be a punk. I'm too worried about upsetting elderly people on the streets. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, but I think that, that for, for quitting our job, um, we're sick of our dead-end job listening to the Ramones. I think this is, we're going to get woke as the, as the parlance uh, with this song. I think it's going to uh, make us realise that we're just being used by the man and that we need to quit the job because we're, we're only serving, serving the capitalists by doing this job. Yeah, I feel pretty convinced so far. Yeah, good. Over to you, Paul, for, for your next choice. So, uh, my first choice is... Uh, Go Wild by Culture Shock, and this is, uh, this I would have been listening to, this was the soundtrack to my summer when I was 16, the year I left school where I was working in Sainsbury's, and uh, that was kind of the time of sort of <clears throat> new age travellers was, uh, I don't know if you're probably both a bit younger than me, I don't know if you remember this no. kind of movement, it was a sort of, so they all, uh, people used to live in buses and caravans and a few of my friends were uh, were part of that sort of movement, a couple of mates that lived on sort of various different vehicles and 
in the summer they would sort of go around from town to town having these free festivals. So, so I've seen videos of like uh, Grateful Dead fans going around. Is that mm. the kind of thing we're talking no, about? No, this was a very British thing. Okay. So um, like Stone, the Stonehenge Festival, that was kind of... And it would be bands like uh, sort of Osric Tentacles. Oh, yeah. I've seen Osric Tentacles. Yeah. yeah. So they would perform at these festivals. So it was kind of that, that, that was known as sight music. Right. So um, the kind of fashion was sort of like, uh, it was kind of punky. So Culture Shock, I would say, are a punk band. But they were very, very uh, involved with the free festival sort of movement and the New Age Travellers. Um, there was actually an album called uh, Travellers Aid Trust, which was kind of like a, 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 a charity record. Um, and they had two tracks on there, Hawkwind, a band called Rhythmites. They were like a, a kind of reggae band from Bath. Um, so anyway, I, I'm, that's what I wanted to do when I was at that age. I was sort of like, that. I, I was going to live on a bus and that was sort of a, and then it kind of disbanded. Rave culture sort of happened that year, 1990, And then it, when the criminal justice bill sort of happened, it kind of, it brought an end to that. The last big one was, Car there was a festival called Castle Morton. I don't remember, don't know if you remember that. No. It was sort of, it was on the news, um, I think that was 1992, and that was the one where it was sort of ravers started turning up. So it was just this massive thing, hundreds of thousands of people descended on this sort of town, and um, yeah. But I, what, I, what I like about this, to just sort of bring it back to what we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I, I do I do tend to go, uh, ramble. Um, you know, this this to me is a real kind of. Uh, Owed to not being sort of told what to do, not being told how to think, you know, and, and I, I suppose it sort of goes along with what you were just saying about that pop group track. It's really sort of like, um, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bang to the beat of your drum. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna, work, I'm not gonna work. Ultimately, I'm just gonna do my own thing. And I think uh, it really, it, 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 it was the sort of song that would make me want to quit my job. This isn't it. So that was Go Wild by Culture Shock. That's yes. gonna gonna push us over the edge, we're gonna smash it up. Yeah, oh it's God. definitely got that sort of rebellious like Definitely. Yeah. That's gonna pump me up on the way to the boss's office to knock on his door or her door. Which and, really uh, spoke to me that as a as a as a young man. That was definitely my sort of uh I mean I think I've been sacked from pretty much every job I've had. The last job You've I never had, quit a job. The last job I had, which was kind of uh I was doing alongside comedy. I quit just because I was at that point where I was like, I think I could probably just about get by without. But that was a, that was a that was a part time thing, and you could choose. That was like charity fundraising, right? So it was no dramatic, uh, which was I'd fantasised about so many times because it was really hard going. Yeah, and there was constantly someone looming over your shoulder, going, "Make sure you." They had this thing where you had to ask three times. So you'd start off by asking them for twenty pounds a month, then you'd say ten, and then you'd go down to like two. Right. So quite often you'd be on the phone to someone and go like, this person's not going to do 20 pounds a month. So you'd just go straight in and they'd be listening mm. into your calls and sort of leaning over your shoulder going, you didn't do this. Blah, blah, blah. So I'd ha had fantasised about going out in a, you know. I think I remember I was, um, I was sacked from a similar uh, phone-based job, yeah. shall we say, um, back in uh, when I was a bit younger. But it was the kind of job where it was like a revolving door of, of, of staff. So I, I think I got sacked on, say, like the Wednesday, but then it turned out my boss got sacked on the Friday. Wow. And didn't have time to process my P my P forty five, so I just came back in on the Monday, 
And, like, and, and no one knew. No, every, every, wow. oh, everyone covered for me. They were like, oh yeah, he's just been on holidays. Like, so <laughs> just continue working there. Was, wow. How long did you continue to work there for? Uh, about two years. Wow. Yeah. I'm still working there now. Yeah, that reminds no. me, I used to run a bar in London and on New Year's Eve, there was this guy, Kiwi Paul, who used to work behind the bar. He's a real character. And he'd taken so much ecstasy on, uh, on like, this night where he was working. I'd sent him home. I was like, just, just have the night off, man. We don't need you in your mm. And he, he was so fucked, he kept forgetting that I sent him home. <laughs> yeah. Ten minutes later, he was back on the bar. I'm like, mate, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I look at the time. I've got to be yeah. there. Wow. Right, so we're gonna, we've made up our minds. We're going we're gonna to quit our jobs. Um, we're, we're, we've, we've quit our jobs. We're, we're, we now have to work out our notice period. Uh, I think the most exciting time in any job quitting process is when you've got your notice period, you're immune to all disciplinary procedures. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Uh, so for this period, I've chosen P. Diddy's Bad Boy for Life. That was Bad Boy for Life by P. Diddy. Um, I love that song, and it is obviously not written for me. I am not a bad boy for life. Oh, I am a good on, boy. <laughs> I am. I know. I know who I am. I'm not a bad boy for life. But when I listen to that song, I feel like I could be bad boy for life. I, I think that's singularly the most bureaucratic use of that song I've ever heard. You, using it to work out your notice period. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the best part of quitting a job is you have that. Two weeks, where what, what are you gonna? What, what are they gonna do? They're gonna yeah. send you home. What? That you're gonna lose half of that, half a day's work. Mm. Oh, so when I, I worked in this, this tour attraction as a visitor, the tannoy announcements we were doing uh, in that last week were incredible, and no one, no one could do anything. It was a beautiful time. You should probably say other public address systems are available. <laughs> is tannoy a? Is that a, tra- a brand name? Oh, I didn't yeah. know it was a brand name. I thought that That's was the partridge, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, I think that that, that bad boy for like that came out. Uh, probably the most embarrassing point in the hip hop history, where hip hop had really crawled up its own ass and got too much money, uh, and kind of I think I feel I always feel like Fifty Cent was like the point where it imploded and became uh, where all that self awareness went away. Mm. But I think this is one of the the one of the good ones from from that period. Yeah, it's definitely got that. It, yeah, I reckon if you watch someone walking down the street with their uh, earphones on and that tune came on, you'd notice them visit. Oh, definitely, the yeah. Stand up. It gives you a bit. Gives you a bit of swagger, doesn't it? That's totally. Sort of, so, yeah. That is how I'd be walking around last week at the office with that swagger. Hands down your pants. Just yeah. Like, yeah. That's probably why you're leaving, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What, what? <laughs> and that amazing video of Ben Stiller as well. Do you ever see the video? I remember that. They're playing no. golf on the roof, as I recall. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's P. Diddy being a bad boy, playing golf on the roof, and, and he's got uh, a scantily clad woman in his jacuzzi, but it's in like a nice area. Yeah. And uh, then Ben Stiller knocks on his uh, door and tells him to keep the noise down. Oh, man, I have to look that up. I've never yeah. seen that. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's a good um, video, yeah. Okay, well, we, we, we've worked out our notice period, uh, and uh, we're, we're, we're finishing. Last day, it's over Dupal. Okay, so I've gone for 5.15 by The Who from uh, Quadrophenia. Uh, probably, I mean, that film, I used to watch that every day for, for a while. Uh, such a big film for me at a time in my life. And it has, uh, a, presumably you've both seen it. Yeah, I haven't, I've never, never seen it. Never I, seen and it? I love Tommy, but I've never seen Quadrophenia. Man, it's a, it's I a must-see it. film, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a scene in that where he leaves his job. Um, I forget exactly what he says. So you can, it goes, I'll tell you what you can do with that uh, Frankie machine. That's something, 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 and all that other rubbish I have to go to. You can take that and you can shove it right up your arse. So it's just a. Um, I just think for me, it was um, a film where 
you know, the weekend became the most important part of your life and it definitely resonated with me at that time. You know, I sort of grew up through sort of acid house and going to raves and sort of trying to hold down a job when you've been out all weekend partying. And um, yeah, that this, this song plays as he's on the train down to Brighton and he's got eyeliner on, he's sort of sat... It's quite an iconic shot. He's sort of sat in between these two kind of businessmen in bowler hats mm. with their briefcase and he's just sort of on these uh, speed pills. Massive sort of eyes with eyeliner on. Um, and it's just him totally at odds with the kind of normal world because sort of be it being a mod has become sort of the most important thing in his life. Um, and yeah, I just think it, it really... There was a period in my life where, where I was watching this film a lot where the weekend activities were more important than anything else and uh, it can, it can make it quite hard for you to hold down a job. <laughs> it's 5.15 by the Who. That was 5.15 by the Who. Um, <laughs> Sorry, when you said that then, I was just... It's the, the standard joke that when everyone says the Who, you go, the Who? <laughs> it's... Uh, uh, do you know what? this happened to me and I was so proud of myself and there weren't enough people around to see it where it wasn't five years it was another sort of Teenage Wasteland was playing at the mm. stand and another comic Barrow not Riley. as a joke it's not called Teenage Wasteland oh, sorry Barrow Barrow Riley. Riley. Um, another comic said to me who plays this and I said yes, yes. <laughs> and I was so proud of myself but he didn't get the it was, he was the only one there so no one was there to appreciate it oh no that's it, like so. uh, that Homer Simpson bit is it George Bush is uh, jogging down the street and a dog barks at me and he goes I guess you could say that dog's barking up the wrong bush and <laughs> yeah. then he goes oh there it is the funniest thing you've ever going to think that was me yeah. well, there was one person there to see and they didn't get the joke because they didn't know who sung the song oh man that's heartbreaking mm. <laughs> But I've shared it well, with you now. Exactly. Yeah, you found a home for it, so yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I was into what you're saying about being a, being a mod and that kind of... There's those subcultures which are like a lifestyle in themselves. And when you go to Camden and you see people that are punks, and it's yeah. like, that's your job, it's just being a punk. Yes. Like how you can't be a punk and have a... I, 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 and I, I was having this conversation with someone recently. I, I wouldn't want to be around as a kid now because there is not, that, is, that is completely gone, I think. Yeah. I, it, and it kind of... I never really got one that I could fully sort of, uh, you know, pin my flag to. I sort of raving had, a, and kind of Britpop, I guess, to a certain degree, it had, it had a look that was associated mm. with it. It didn't have a name like mod, punk, you know, Teddy Boy or, or kind of that. But um, I, the, the, the pub that I ran with, the Eat Up Kiwi, um, we... Um, <laughs> It, it, we on Saturday afternoons we used to have a, a, a thing called Sus, which was like um, four hours, and it was like uh, these proper sort of '69 skinheads that kind of like were, would play scar. It was incredible. Like people would turn up on scooters outside, um, and some of those guys were fully, you know, there was like this one guy called Skinhead Sean, and he had the kind of sideburns. Um, I remember there was one called. Uh, skinhead, they were all skinhead something, right? Like what they were called. <laughs> What's that, that title? They're sort of DJ names. And he had this great tattoo. Um, it was like a, a skinhead on a, a cross. And around the outside, it had um, for the acts of a few, don't crucify all of us. It was kind of like, because obviously yeah. the original skinheads mm. were hugely into sort of Jamaican culture. Mm. They're quite lefty a lot of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and then obviously the National Front sort of. I made a, I made a complaint to a national newspaper once. Wow. Um, because of a crossword clue. Um, because they the the clue well the answer was skinhead 
and uh, <coughs> the clue was uh, shorn-headed violent subculture. Mm. And I objected to the violent uh, part of it. And um, yeah, wrote, wrote a letter of complaint that they don't they don't do anything because it's it's a crossword. But it's the least punk thing ever complaining to a crossword. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but you're right. But um, yeah, that that whole mo- I think the mod thing's definitely been a big part of. I, I, it's definitely in my DNA. My dad was a mod. Mm. He went to Brighton in '63 and '64, and I think even though I've never, you know, I know people that are mods. That that is, I, I, I've never been a mod per se, but I've definitely got leanings that way. You mod know. sympathetic. Well, yeah, exactly. I uh, I'm a mod sympathizer, <laughs> but it, you know, it's that my my style is somewhat moddy, I would say, um, and uh, yeah. I think that, 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 have you heard Weekender by Flowered Up? Actually, that would have been a great choice. Stop everything. <laughs> so we've left, we left on a train, on the 515 train. Uh, you, you made the point earlier that that's that. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's nice that on our last day, we've still, if anything, we've probably worked flexi if we're leaving at 515. Mm. <laughs> we'll leave at five, then 15 minutes to get to the station. It's true, yeah, didn't, didn't uh, factor in journey time. Yeah. <laughs> our last song is from you, Graham. Yes, yes it is. Um, so I, I wanted to turn this into a bit of a cautionary tale, if anything. I, I think if you're recently unemployed, uh, you're going to watch a lot of daytime TV. And I don't always necessarily think that's a good thing. So I've gone for Fade Away and Radiate by Blondie. Fade Away and Radiate by Blondie. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It's the kind of track I can feel myself sort of vegetating in front of a TV. Um, you know, it's, it's about three in the morning. We're on to just people selling KitchenAids and things like that now. <laughs> but yeah, it certainly resonates with me, which it probably shouldn't in retrospect. But What happened to late night TV, by the way? It used to be... It's YouTube now, isn't it? Be... Sometimes yeah. you watch things on YouTube and you go, this is something that would be late night TV. Like, yeah. watching, like watching a YouTube channel of someone playing a video game and talking about it. That's almost something that you get commissioned. I mean, Lena- Did you ever see In Bed With Me Dinner? With Bob Mills? Yeah. And no, I'm aware of it, but I... so good. I mean, that was on like at one o'clock in the morning on like a Thursday night or something. That was proper... So what was stoneless. it? It was just a clip show, but it was really, it was really good. And then uh, Russell Brand did one very similar, Ponderland. Oh, yes, I also yeah. Really yeah. Liked as well, yeah, no, I liked that, yeah. I thought it was the best thing he ever did, actually. It was, it was a little bit kind of slicker than I what I've heard... What what you're describing about yeah um, Bob Mills Bob Mills yeah but, yeah but it was just that thing of like getting a clip and really sort of like going into it just, well, yeah. just watch this bit what he does you know what he says here and it, it, yeah it was it was essential viewing for me that was really sort of getting home from your mate's house after smoking weed and then sort mm. of uh, that would be on at one o'clock in the morning but Ponderland I also thought was excellent anyway I oh, the, the Stoner TV when I was growing up was uh, Badly Dubbed Porn did you ever watch that? what was it called? Badly Dubbed Porn I remember no. Badly Dubbed Porn so it would yeah. be like the kind of the preamble scenes from porn films and they'd like just, they'd just dub over them with like funny over that sounds funny yeah and uh, yeah it was really really amusing I used to really like The Prisoner with Patrick McGill oh, I love The Prisoner and that used to be on the kind of an like, ongoing argument with my wife is I want her to watch The Prisoner and she won't watch it but I want her to like it because it is good and so she won't good. listen to me did you ever get to do uh, festival number six no I've been to Port Mary oh, right. but I've never done festival number six no, that so. was cool to sort of walk around there and be like, oh, yeah it's really cool about a staircase that goes to nowhere and, yeah um, yeah I, yeah the prison's fantastic yeah it's great I think that Blondie song and I can see what you're saying about um, how you could listen to it when you're just kind of vegetating in unemployment 
and uh, there is a kind of thing in music of the kind of romanticization of the kind of slacker deadbeat that can kind of make you feel okay with uh, uh, with not having a job and unemployment. Yeah, I would imagine it sells a few records, definitely. Mm. <laughs> cool, we've quit, we've got our jobs, we're we unemployed, jobs. we're watching Sorry. TV, hooray, and we've got the perfect mixtape to do it to. Um, we had a few extra tracks suggested by people on the internet. I'll run through them now and uh, you guys can give me your thoughts. So, Tom Glover suggested, and a few other people have suggested, frankly, Mr. Shankly by the Smiths. Um, uh, I listened to that again today and I thought, oh, that is really, there's this line about, I'd much rather be making Christmas cards with the mentally ill. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's, um, I love the guitar in that as well. I think that's probably my favourite bit of Johnny Marr guitar. Mm. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. Brilliant. It's the, the, the yeah, Such the Smiths are great. And it's <laughs> I think easy. that's their best album for me. Uh, so it's from Queen is Dead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I switched between them. I also really like the debut album a lot. 37 and, um, minutes long, I think that's such a good length for an album. It's yeah. Like, it doesn't mess around, it, you know. No, it has Vicar and a Tutu, which I think is filler. That's my only criticism of it. Yeah. But, um, it also has There is a Light That Will Never Go Out. Which is beautiful, mm. yeah, which makes up for everything. Yeah. Um, they were great, the Smiths. It's so easy to, because Morrissey's become such a dick. It's mm. so easy to forget how brilliant the Smiths are. Yeah. Okay, we'll run through these quickly. Uh, so James Ross has suggested take this job and shove it by the Kennedys. By like the, sorry, by the dead Kennedys. Mm. Yep, I like it. Uh, good choice. Uh, Kishore Nair suggested it was a good day by Ice Cube. Oh, great tune. Yeah, mm. I, I like the idea of that. So <laughs> that's the kind of... I, always, I wonder whether that's like a bunking off yeah. work song rather than quitting your job Friday? song. Um, I don't know. What, you mean the song is from a Friday... Friday the film. Oh, is it? I don't know. Possibly. They did work out that they, they did use maths to work out. I the saw day that, yeah, that the exact day that yeah. it, it was. Have you seen that? No. It's like a viral thing where they that so like talks about a sports result in the song and they work out the exact I day. Love, that it was I love, I love yeah. yeah. Um, this from uh, Pete Walsh said, "I quit my job at Pizza Hut of five years to the Rolling Stones hang fire. I went back five years later to the Smiths back to the old house. Nice. I love that." Um, Suze Kempner said uh, the theme from The Littlest Hobo. I'm not aware of that. Oh, what a tune. Uh, you don't know it. There's no. a voice. Keeps on calling <laughs> What a me. tune. It's always coming out of the clubs. I'll yeah. tell you what, I'm amazed. I've had this conversation when I used to do a radio show on uh, like a local radio. I'm amazed no one's ever covered that. Right. Because it is a song that mm. like, it's always comes up as like the greatest kids' TV theme tune of all time. And it's such a good tune. You get a lot of them. Like, uh, I mean, who covered Fraggle Rock? That was. Um, That's another good one. Yeah, it was. Away. There was there was like a ska punk band that covered that. So yes. yeah, it's ripe for a cover, definitely. Um, Paul Savage suggested uh, said that he got fired from a job and drove away with London's Burning by the Clash playing loudly. True. Um, we've uh, also got Maggie's Farm by Bob Dylan and Should I Stay or Should I Go by the Clash. Specials covered Maggie Farm as well, didn't they? Yes, made it by mm. Thatcher. Okay, that is everything from us for this episode. Thank you, Paul, for joining Thank us. Thank you. Uh, before we go, very quickly, you're working on a new show. Can you tell yeah. us very quickly about that? I can tell you it's called Lemon, and I've just found out someone else has also called their show Lemon, which is a bit annoying, but it's a show, a show about um, how life doesn't always go your way, so it's kind of on brand. Cool. Uh, well, thank you for, and, and do check out Paul, you are a fantastic comedian. Oh, and I love your work. Uh, thank you for joining us, and if you, the listener, have enjoyed the show, then please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, they're both at emixpod, that's at emixpod, uh, especially if you'd like to contribute to the bonus tracks of future mixtapes. 
And if you'd like to suggest a situation which we need to make a playlist for, just email emergencymixtapepodcast at gmail.com. That's all from us. Goodbye. Goodbye. So glad I quit that dead end job. Now I can pursue my dream. What dream is that? Um, professional podcaster. Is there much money in that? Uh, I imagine so. I mean, so many people are doing it. It must be because there's loads of money in it. I don't think there is. Well, why is everyone making them then? Well, I think it's just a growing culture of narcissism, really. People thinking that everybody wants to hear their opinions, everybody's talking, but nobody's listening. Oh. But but we're not like that, are we? No, we're different. Oh, thank God for that.